Russia invaded Ukraine in February of 2022, and the war in that region continues. Energy infrastructure still being attacked, but Ukrainian forces are using Western-supplied weapons to fight back. Joining us now with the latest on the war and an insight into 2023 is Canadian Global Affairs Institute fellow Andrew Rasoulis. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for joining us again. Hi, good morning and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Okay, so over the weekend, we know Russia acknowledging some of its troops were killed by a strike from Ukraine. This is one of the first times that they've actually acknowledged a large number of their soldiers have been killed. And is this is just sort of a change in things or is it anything we should be watching for? Well, yes. I mean, what it is, it's actually an escalation in the war um, and, and something the Russians can't hide. So the uh, the Ukrainians, by using their long-range uh, HIMAR system, the American uh, uh, rocket system, uh, hit uh, a base or a school where uh, Russian recruits were being trained. And, um, well, it was a disaster from a Russian point of view. Uh, there appears to have been also ammunition stored in the same location. And also it appears that the Russians did not have very uh, strong discipline for signals communication, meaning that uh, soldiers were allowed to use their private cell phones or mobiles. And so the Ukrainians were able to pick up uh, what was going on and target that, you see. So basically, it's an escalation of the whole war. Uh, and this comes after the, the, New Year, the New Year's Eve speech by Putin, uh, in which he basically acknowledged that Russia now is in a war with the West, the United States, NATO, uh, and Ukraine is simply the proxy in that war. So the that New Year's Eve was a major shift in the war from both sides. I mean, the, the, the Russians targeted uh, Kiev again, continuing to hit their infrastructure, and the Ukrainians countered that with this strike on this Russian base. More on the Russian uh, military and their moves, Andrew. We've been hearing more and more about these Iranian-supplied uh, drones and how they are being used with, it seems like, increasing numbers on the attacks uh, how important are the, are the drones, and could they be a game-changer, or, or is it just one more uh, piece in the arsenal that the Russians are using? They're important. They are one more piece in the arsenal. Um, uh, very few weapons are actually game-changers as such. I mean, they influence things. They capture our attention for a while. But uh, wars are actually won and lost on the whole by a variety of weapons, uh, and plus, of course, all the people involved. So the drones. The drones are the, are the weapon of this war, as we see. But uh, the other missiles, the, I mean, the, the artillery system that the Ukrainians used uh, on the Russian base, that's a, that's a very long-standing 20-year-old system, very effective, very precise. So everything's in play. And, and the Russians continue to use very basic artillery, and they pound like uh, the, across in Kershaw there, across the, the Dnieper River. They're pounding it every day, like in World War II style, with old traditional artillery systems. So everything is in play. The question is the sum total of the lethality that both sides can muster against each other because we're now into a war of exhaustion. Yeah, truly, right? Andrew, do you think that the global food crisis will continue to worsen as this war continues? Is there any end in sight for that? Well, I mean, uh, the one bright spot on that one, actually, uh, was the grain deal that was um, that was uh, brokered by the United Nations and Turkey between Ukraine and Russia to ship grain, uh, uh, both Russian and Ukrainian grain, out of the Black Sea through the Dardanelles and two places in, in the global south uh, to help to alleviate uh, the, the food shortages. So in that sense... There is a recognition, because it serves both the self-interest of Ukraine and Russia, uh, to do this. So 
food will continue to come through because it's in mutual interest to do that. I don't think the war is going to affect that right now. What about within Russia and uh, Vladimir Putin's favor among his people? Is that uh, taking a hit whatsoever? What are we hearing about the Russian people and their resolve as far as a war that was perhaps not chosen by them to take part in? Exactly. So uh, let's let's look at uh, his address on New Year's Eve. Uh, major change. And his, he's done this 20 times before, but this time he's usually from the Kremlin. This time he went down to the southern military district, uh, in where, which, which is where the Russians are running their war from. And he had arrayed behind him uh, a phalanx of Russian soldiers uh, standing shoulder to shoulder behind him. And this was directed to Russia, the Russian people. So what he's doing, he's doing a major switch. He's now telling the Russian people, we, Russia, all of you Russians, are now involved in this major war against the West. And that's a major shift. Now, in part, people say he's catering to the Russian ultranationalists. True. Who want more war, who want to really destroy Ukraine. But the average Russian basically is kind of neutral in this. They're not against it. They're not against it. Uh, they're kind of passively okay. And what Putin is now telling them is that the war affects you. Like before he was kind of like, we can carry on without you being affected. No, now you will be affected and you must marshal your spirit to help Russia defeat the West. Ukraine is now a proxy. So that is a shift. How this balances out over the next few months, we don't know. But Putin right now has done a major shift in how he's managing the war domestically. Okay, so Andrew, on that note, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but we will in February be at the one-year mark of this war. How do you think things will play out in 2023? Do you think we see a resolution this year at all, or will it just continue? What we can, uh, well, it could be months, could be years, but let me tell you why. First of all, there is now zero um, um, consensus for any kind of a political or settlement at all, nor is there consensus for even a ceasefire for a variety of reasons. Both in late December, there was a flurry of diplomatic activity between Russia uh, and and, uh, Ukraine about their various peace proposals. They were totally non-starters from both sides. So that meant there's nothing to talk about. There's only fighting left. Now, with fighting left, and that's what's happening, we're having a controlled escalation. It's going up, not down, in terms of the fighting. That fighting will determine the political situation that we have right now cannot foresee because we don't know exactly how the war will go. The war will shape it, and we can't predict how the war will go. Both armies are very strong still, and I, we cannot write off one or the other nor predetermine how the war will go. So therefore, I can't give you a political solution or a, or a prognosis, but I can simply say the war will shape it. It could be months. It could be years, but we're into a war of exhaustion now. Mm-hmm. We know that, uh, you know, uh, very late in 2022, uh, President Volodymyr Zelensky making the move to, to travel uh, to, to the U.S. He seems to be saying all the right things and uh, doing all the right things to continue the support. Could he be doing more to get more support, or is he doing exactly what he needs to do at this time? It's hard to imagine how he could do more. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, if anyone, I mean, Times Man of the Year and all that stuff. I mean, and then Sky has an acting background, so that plays to his favor. He could actually, he stage man, and he started right from the day of the war started by doing these self-video things from uh, from outside the presidential offices in Kiev when, when the first bombs were hitting. So he has stage managed this politically and brilliantly. So, he, no, I don't think he can do more. 
um, the question, and, and he's gotten a tremendous result from the West. I mean, the amount of stuff that's pouring into Ukraine is phenomenal. The question for him and for Ukrainians is not so much Western support being sustained, although that's a question. It's their their own Ukrainian ability to keep the army in position to fight because they have limited amount of people and, and their casualty rates are high on both sides. But there are more Russians than there are Ukrainians. And so that's going to be a challenge for Ukraine, as well as these continued Russian effects on their infrastructure. Um, because societies run on power and electricity, and, and basically the Russians are continually hammering at the Ukrainian ability to run a modern economy. Um, and so this is where the thing turns. But I think Zelensky has done everything he can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, where does this all play out? Andrew, thanks so much for your time, and Happy New Year to you. Thanks for joining us again. You're very welcome. Thank you to you too both. Andrew Rasoulis, fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute and an expert in Eastern European affairs.